How's your vegan January going? Or your 30-day vegan challenge? Or your plant-based new year, new you? Or the 31-day dairy-free challenge? If you've signed up for a new year challenge, whether it's plant-based, vegan, dairy-free, dry January, no smoking, or any other challenge, congratulations. You know, most people will never really take on a challenge like that. No matter what all the anti-resolutionary forces say to the contrary. Because there's a lot of poo-pooing these challenges, right? Why? Because people don't like how it feels when they think they have failed the challenge. So they discount the act of taking on a New Year challenge or adopting a New Year resolution. What if you could not fail your challenge? What if you couldn't fail in your resolution? Did you know that's possible? It's mid-January, day 12 of your challenge. Do you know where your willpower is? Hello, VegHeads. You're listening to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week to try and convince you to show up, eat more plants, and not wait a single second longer to set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. We're on episode 19. Are you failing or are you quitting? Hi, VegHeads. Last week, we talked some about resolutions and resolve, and I thought I'd pop in here again, it's still January, and ask you how it's going. Because this is about the time that willpower starts to fizzle. It starts to fizzle out, lose energy. And that's because willpower takes a lot of brain energy, a lot of energy. And you can't just continue to use it and expect your willpower to get stronger every day because it's not like a muscle. It lives in a part of your brain called the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex uses a lot of energy for everything. It's used to make decisions, to moderate your social behavior, your personality expression, the planning you do, your cognitive behavior. All these use up loads of energy. So typically, most of us in the morning have more willpower than at the end of the day when all the plates we have been juggling and the people we're trying to manage or coexist with are just consuming all our spare energy. I remember when my three kids were all under the age of four, and I'm actually surprised I can remember any of it at this point, but my third child was born September 1st, and my eldest would not turn four until November 19th. And we called it the witching hour around around 5 p.m. ish. 
And that's when everyone, everyone, me included, was likely to be in tears, tantrums, or shut down, thumb in mouth, rocking in a corner. By that point in the day, it just required so much, too much, many days to be deliberate and focused or intentional. And if you're like me, the morning is full of bright, shiny possibility. And by 5 p.m., dispiriting, intrusive thoughts begin pushing in. Thoughts like, I told you, you couldn't keep this up. Or this plan of yours, it's for the birds. Or it's for people who don't work or don't have kids or don't have spouses or don't have mothers-in-laws or budgets or teenagers or pets or whatever. So the naysayers who tell you that resolutions and January challenges are passe or pointless, they just want to protect you from that feeling, that discomfort, that feeling of failure, because that feeling really sucks, right? It's that feeling of so not good enough, unready, hopeless. It'll never work. I'll never be able to do it. I've never been able to do it before. That's my favorite. I've never been able to do it before. You know, that's an irrelevancy wrapped in immateriality surrounded by inconsequence. You know that, right? I've never been able to do it before. That means nothing. Everything you do, everything, you were unable to do it until you did it. I've never been able to do it. I know it sounds true. It sounds true to you. Sometimes it sounds true to me. It feels true. And you may be repeating that phrase, but it doesn't make it true. It's one of those get out of jail cards we repeat when we're feeling a little hopeless or overwhelmed about change or growth. I'm just not good at that. That's just how I am. I've never been able to do it. And I bet you've got all kinds of evidence for those phrases, right? I know. We all do. I have mine. I'm just not that good with shopping for clothes. I'm not good with makeup. That's just how I am. I've never been able to get upper body strength. I say it like it's just a fact, when in fact it's really an area where I feel a lot of discomfort about doing the work that's necessary to change it. And that is the step, discomfort. My coach, Brooke Castillo, has a quote, discomfort is the currency of your dreams. I love that quote. I think I've used it in the podcast before, and it's really one of the first things I heard her teach that so resonated for me. Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Your dreams, your goals, your future self, your resolutions, they have a price. And that price is always and only ever discomfort. And if you know me, you know I like hot, hot showers, upgraded airline seats, gold jewelry, seat heaters in my car, I'm not Diogenes living in the streets in a barrel making a virtue of poverty or self-abasement. Yeah, no, I like 
keratin treatments for my frizzy hair and ice cubes and iPhones. So when I say discomfort, listen, you can do this. Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. And what that discomfort might look like right now, if you are mid-month in your January challenge or two weeks into your New Year's resolution, discomfort is probably the question right now. What level of discomfort are you willing to practice to learn something new, to stick with your challenge? If it weren't uncomfortable, you wouldn't need a challenge. You'd just be doing it. If you quit smoking or drinking, you know you need to feel the discomfort of having that urge to pick up a cigarette or pour the drink. You need to essentially make friends with feeling that urge instead of picking up the cigarette or pouring the drink. On this exact topic, Mark Manson asks, what are you willing to struggle a little for? Because people who get in good shape are the ones who are willing to get uncomfortable in the gym or on the treadmill or to get a little sore lifting weights. People who make friends with feeling awkward and embarrassed, they get the opportunity to get good at speaking in public or speaking a new language. If you're not willing to feel a little dumb or a little overwhelmed, I promise you learning a new language is not for you. People who succeed in brand new jobs know. There's a learning curve. There's new coworkers' names and how the equipment works, what the login procedures are, what the unwritten codes of the work culture are. It's uncomfortable for a while. It's a little struggle for a while until it's not. Are you ready for some Epictetus? Quote, If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and feel stupid. Epictetus. Epictetus knew then those feelings of foolish and stupid, they keep us from taking on more, learning more and growing. But it's just a little emotional discomfort. So if mid-January, you feel you have lost your way or lost your energy or fallen off the wagon, dropped your resolutions. Just remember, there's no wagon. There's just some discomfort that you've been resisting, some feeling you're unwilling to experience. When I first heard Brooke Castillo say that phrase, discomfort is the currency of your dreams, everything seemed so much more manageable to me because the discomfort, it's seldom very long. The discomfort's not life-threatening. This discomfort, we're not talking self-harm or flagellation or deprivation. The discomfort is that feeling of doing something you're prefrontal cortex, your evolved brain has decided it wants for you. For example, eating a wide variety of nutritious foods, avoiding cholesterol or inflammatory animal products, maybe increasing fiber. 
your brain has a good reason for you to eat more of some things and less of other things. And sometimes it's going to feel a little hard. It's going to feel tiring or pointless, awkward, unnatural, lonely. That's the discomfort. And if you want the goal but no discomfort, that, my friends, my veg heads, that's a fantasy. And I'm all for a good fantasy. But it's the difference between going to a movie and living a rich, technicolor, cinematic life. A great fantasy movie or show, it's made up of all kinds of discomfort, right? When they make it, there's work, there's stress, trouble, failure, misunderstandings, contract negotiations, budgetary disasters, arguments, preparations that go nowhere, permitting problems, publishing snafus, delays due to injury or illness or emotional exhaustion. <laughs> and then the viewer, the reader, has a fabulous fantasy escape experience for a couple of hours. And we can't be faulted for wanting to press the easy button. There's no judgment from me in this regard. But if you want something you don't have, if you have a dream, you don't get it with the easy button. That's why there is no Oreo challenge or Chardonnay challenge or Marlboro cigarette challenge because discomfort is the price. Who you are is what you've been willing to struggle for so far. And who you will be, that's defined by the values you're willing to struggle for going forward. If you want the progress, but not the process, if you want the reward, but not the effort, you're going to think something's wrong with your plan. Nothing's wrong. It's mid-month. Maybe you feel like you want to quit your challenge. And maybe you feel like you bit off more than you can chew. Maybe you feel like something is wrong with the plan. Or maybe you think something's wrong with you. You don't need more willpower. This feeling like it's hard, like something has gone wrong, it's just what happens when you're on your way somewhere new. You're not failing, and you can't fail as long as you don't quit. My husband and I used to work with a cinematographer who had an expression when the lighting or the camera work or the shoot was going very poorly. He'd say, if it were easy, my brother-in-law could do it. Well, you don't need your resolution or challenge to be easy. You just need to know that there's nothing wrong when it feels like ass now and again. It'll get easier, so much easier the minute you make friends with that. Because if you're good, if you're good at parallel parking or making pie crusts, origami, spreadsheets, playing Yahtzee or Candy Crush, I guarantee you, you weren't perfect from day one. If you're someone who's having trouble with your plant-based or vegan challenge, I would love to help you. That's what I do. And if you already think you've abandoned your resolution or fallen off 
the proverbial wagon. I have a permission slip right here. You're not behind. There is no wagon. You didn't fail. You're right where you need to be. You're right on time. Because this is exactly how challenges work. This is exactly why challenges work if you let them. If you haven't done so, you can follow the link in the show notes to download my PDF, Five Reasons Why Vegan Challenges Don't Work and Why You Should Do Them Anyway. There's a lot in there. And if you follow the link to my website, you can set up a free call and we can talk about your plant-based pledge or veganuary or meatless resolution. If you're in a mid-January slump, remember, it's just a little discomfort. You've got this. Willpower comes and goes. It's only really hard because you think it shouldn't be so hard. Discomfort is the currency of your dreams. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.